Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. News Radio 840 WHAS welcomes you to Jim Strader Outdoors, the area's leading authority on hunting and fishing. Jim Strader Outdoors is brought to you by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. For the outdoor home of your dreams, call Paul Thomas at 270-524-1980. Gary Roman's Firearm Service Center. Linden Animal Clinic, your pet's best friend. Sportsman's Taxidermy. Visit them at sportsmanstaxidermy.com. A.M. Roth Heating and Cooling, a family-owned business with over 100 years' experience in the Louisville area. Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Check Jim and his team on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions. And SMI Marine, getting your boat back on the water in no time. To join in on the conversation, call us at 571-8484 inside Louisville, 1-800-444-8484 outside of the Metro, and pound 840 for Verizon wireless callers. Now, sit back and relax and enjoy the next two hours of Jim Strader Outdoors. We came from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western skies. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. We can skin a buck. Run a trot line and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Good evening, everyone. Welcome aboard to Jim Strader Outdoors. We're doing a special program tonight because there's all kind of gun control measures floating around nationally, locally, etc. And some of these are very, very oppressive. So I'm going to start off with some information that you may or may not have heard that I think is pertinent to these particular subjects. In Virginia, Governor Ralph Northam and the Virginia State Legislature with a Democratic majority in both houses, are promoting legislation to outlaw assault weapons and other firearms. This legislation is so sweeping and oppressive that more than 100 cities and counties in Virginia have adopted resolutions against these proposed state gun control measures, and this is according to the Washington Post. Additionally, Virginians have started a grassroots nonprofit Citizens Defense League dedicated to advancing the fundamental human right of all Virginians to keep and bear arms as guaranteed by the Second Amendment to the Constitution. What does Virginia have to do with Kentucky? Well, that's what we're going to reveal to you tonight because there are some state legislators here in Kentucky promoting stuff that's, if not 
as bad, even worse than what's going on in Virginia. According to the Courier-Journal, Kentucky's U.S. 4th District Representative Thomas Massey has announced 14 Kentucky counties have already designated themselves Second Amendment sanctuaries. Some of these include Kenton County, Harlan, Menifee, Letcher, Lewis, Lee, Breathitt, Leslie, Harlan, and Wayne, and more. According to GunWatch.com, 28 more Kentucky counties are in the process of looking into doing so, and 50, five zero more counties, are planning to hold hearings. Why is this so important? It's because several Kentucky legislators have filed gun control bills this week that would outlaw assault weapons, provide for longing of ammunition purchases, and a restriction of all assault weapons, which could include all semi-automatic pistols. In the studio with me tonight is Colonel Mike Abel. He's the Legislative Affairs Committee Chairman for Kentucky Safari Club International, and he has been researching these bills will help explain what they are, what they mean, and why they are so onerous. Before I go to break here, I want to give you a quote to lead this thing off because it speaks, I think, directly to the issue at hand. This is James Madison speaking. The Constitution preserves the advantage of being armed, which Americans possess over the people of almost every other nation where the governments are afraid to trust the people with arms. All right, folks, got to go to break here. This break is presented by SMI Marine. They're going to be out at the boat and RV show January 22nd through the 26th. Loads of pontoons, new StarCraft Center console and deck boats, charger bass boats, and new low inventory coming soon. Again, they'll be in booth 4010 right beside the hog trough January 22nd through the 26th. Remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Why do weather reports matter? The information that matters to you minutes away. For me, it helps me decide what I'm going to wear when I go outside. On News Radio 840 WHAS. And welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, we're talking gun control and gun legislation tonight. And in that regard, I've got Colonel Mike Abel 
who's the Legislative Affairs Committee Chairman for the Kentucky Safari Club International. Mike, welcome aboard, and we got a lot to talk about tonight, don't we? Yes, Jim, we do. And it's unfortunate that we have to deal with these kind of subjects from time to time, but it's just the way it is, and there's a lot on the plate here. So let's start out with uh, this legislation that you've been following and some things that have been put on the plate. Folks, if you don't realize, they there were a lot of bills filed this week when the legislature convened, and some of them are really, really problematic. So we're going to bring you up to speed on them and tell you why they're so problematic and in some regards very oppressive if they were to pass. Mike? Thanks, Jim. Um, first, I want to thank you on behalf of the sportsmen. I know you'd rather be doing a show on hunting, fishing, trapping, boating, or the outdoors, and I know that you're a very dedicated and committed naturalist and that, you know, that nothing passes your eye, whether it's a mushroom or a songbird. And these kind of shows have to be done to inform your listeners, and I know you'd rather not do them, but the facts of the matter are that if we don't inform the sportsmen and women out there, then they won't be able to talk to their legislators and their elected officials. So, And if we don't have guns, we can't hunt and fish. Well, so there's you. the bottom line. <laughs> and we can't defend ourselves in our homes Sure, and all so, manner of things. So, You brought up Virginia uh, earlier in your opening. And uh, I just say that to, to folks, to think about Virginia in this context, uh, Virginia has what's called a political trifecta. They have a Democratic governor. And they have a Democratic supermajority in both houses of their legislature. So they're going to get some things done um, that would be oppressive to other Virginians, meaning they're going to get some things done that are for just one section of the population of the Commonwealth of Virginia, and that's Democrats. And I believe the governor's forgetting that once he's governor, he governs all Virginians. And in the context of that, uh, in Kentucky this year, um, everyone's aware Governor Brashear is our new Democratic governor. But uh, we have a supermajority in both houses here in Kentucky as well. But that supermajority is Republican. And in the Senate, uh, by our Constitution, we have 38 total senators. Right now, 29 of those are Republican, and only nine of those are Democrats. And in the House, we have 100 total representatives by Constitution. And right now, 61 of those are Republicans, 37 are Democrats, and there are currently two vacancies. Um, what will also be germane and important to our discussion tonight, uh, because a lot of the onerous or, or oppressive bills are coming out of the House, is the House Judiciary Committee. And it's important right now to recognize that the chair of the Judiciary Committee in the Kentucky House is Republican Jason Petrie of Logan, Todd, and Warren Counties. And the co-chair is Republican C. Edward Massey of Boone County. And then finally, uh, which Jermaine and something we need to remember that's good for Kentucky is that our attorney general is Republican Daniel Cameron. So comparing Virginia to Kentucky is not apples and oranges, but it certainly is fruit. And I think it would be good if we started off with the good bills. There were some good bills filed this week. Um. The first is uh, Senate Bill 46, um, which came from an earlier uh, bill request that was pre-filed. And we need to thank uh, Republican Julie Rocky Adams for pulling uh, Senate Bill 46, which was a ban on 
kill traps. Uh, the second good bill um, is House Bill 52, which is a bill requiring the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources to promulgate or make admin rules for expanding the hunting of coyotes at night. And that bill is sponsored by Derek Lewis, who's a Republican of the 90th District, which is Clay, Laurel, and Leslie Counties. And the parameters of that bill allow hunters of coyotes to use electronic or mouth calls at night, decoys at night. They can use bows, which includes longbow, compound bow, recurve, or crossbow. They'll be allowed to use centerfire handguns at night now. Uh, rifles no larger than 30 caliber. So those folks that basically if they have one good hunting rifle and it's a 308 or a 30-06, they could use that rifle at night to hunt coyotes. Shotguns no larger than 10-gauge at night. It prohibits the hunting of coyotes from sunset to sunrise on wildlife management areas, meaning you can still hunt coyotes during daylight on our wildlife management areas and public land. It prohibits the hunting of coyotes from sunset to sunrise during any deer or muzzleloading season, including youth weekends. Designed to keep people from poaching deer. Exactly. Which is great. Absolutely. It prohibits the hunting of coyotes at any time from a road or a motor vehicle. It prohibits the hunting of coyotes from sunset to sunrise using white light, which is really another caveat towards vehicles because they have white lights on them. And it places no bag limit on coyotes. And really, honestly, House Bill 52 is requiring the Department of Fish and Wildlife to promulgate or make admin regulations to all these stipulations. Um, They could make them more restrictive, but because of this bill, they can't make them any more liberal. So they could make a admin rule that uh, allows you to only hunt with, say, a 243, but they cannot allow it to go greater than 30 caliber. In my opinion, and I know we've talked, we think it would be wise for the Department of Fish and Wildlife and the commissioners on the Fish and Wildlife Commission to use the ceiling that this bill allows and not make it more restrictive. Well, and to that point, the whole idea behind this is to enable people to effectively hunt coyotes and to effectively hunt them. The average hunter out here only has one rifle and the regulation that, that the department passed initially, if I remember right, was 6.5 uh, yeah. was the largest caliber you could use. Which would have eliminated two seventies, thirty out sixes, seven and mags, all those calibers that the average deer hunter has. So that would be prohibitive financially for the average person to have to, if they want to hunt cows, go out and buy a new gun. Right. There was a great amount of debate in our fish and wildlife committees and our fish and wildlife commission about centerfire rifles at night. And to their credit, they spent a lot of time talking to our conservation officers and Colonel Eric Gibson, who's in charge of our conservation officers. And and I really have to applaud um, Representative Lewis for requiring the department um, to get this done, but also providing a ceiling in very descriptive yes. fashion yeah. uh, in, in the language of his bill. Well, it's obvious to me that he recognizes that there's a lot of calibers that folks would like to use. And I, in, in my estimation, they should be allowed to use. 
and, and certainly in the last 10 years, coyote populations are exploding. They're yep. in all rural counties. They're in all rural areas. They're all in, in all urban areas. And, and honestly, I, I, I hasten to say this, but the fact is that in a lot of cases in urban areas, when your pets are disappearing, somebody didn't steal them. Oh, yeah. There's a good chance a coyote ate your dog or your cat when you weren't looking. Yep. Wild um, coyote may have paid you a visit. That's right. Wiley coyote came and got your dog or your cat. Okay. Um, those two situations, again, the uh, erasing, if you will, the trapping bill, which a lot of the organizations were up in arms about, and this particular bill uh, – they go a long way, I think, towards leveling the playing ground, if you will, uh, of what the legislature can do and should be doing. Um, to that point, you know, the groups that found the trapping situation so onerous, they were right. It was going to be prohibitive in a way that could cause all kind of problems with controlling fur bears. So... We're glad about that one, and this one with the coyote, I think, is a very, very good thing. So I know we got a bunch of other bills to talk about, and they're going to be very, very lengthy. I've got about two minutes here. Any thoughts that you have about those two bills or anything you want to impart no, going forward? No, that's the good news, and I think it's it's incumbent upon our legislators to remember that sportsmen and women come from all walks of life. But if you look at the numbers, just the sheer numbers, 1.1 million license units were sold last year in Kentucky for hunting, fishing, and trapping. Um, if you distill that down to individual human beings in the Commonwealth that are not out of state, and then you add back in the people that don't have to buy a license, landowners, landowners and others, yeah. you're looking at a half a million to as many as 600,000 sportsmen and women that buy a hunting and fishing license. And when folks forget that we also vote, that we're the moderate middle and we generally speak and keep our voices low but we do vote i'm here to tell you one percent of six hundred thousand is six thousand and how many votes did governor bevan lose by less than six thousand there was there was some very upset sportsmen with some of what he did and what senator oh. parkinson or what uh Secretary Parkinson did in the last three years. You better so, believe it. We reported on it extensively here. Yeah, as you know our, our voice matters. So if you're a legislator out there and you're not listening, I'm not trying to be foreboding or I'm not trying to forewarn, but you need to listen up. Very good, sir. All right, we got to go to break here, folks. This break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. Paul Thomas is the broker there. He'll be glad to take care of you. And we'll be back right after this. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, we're talking about gun control measures that were filed in the Kentucky State Legislature this week. Um, 
I want to give a quote before we go to the discussion about that, and this comes from George Washington, obviously first president of the United States. Firearms stand next in importance to the Constitution itself. They are the American people's liberty teeth and keystone under independence. From the hour the pilgrims landed to the present day, events, occurrences, and tendencies prove that to ensure peace, security, and happiness, the rifle and pistol are equally indispensable. The very atmosphere of firearms anywhere restrains evil interference. They deserve a place of honor with all that's good. With that, I go back to Colonel Mike Abel, who, again, is monitoring these bills. And, Mike, take it away. Thanks, Jim. Um, You know, we talked about what's good in uh, the Kentucky legislature right now and the numbers in the Senate and the House and Judiciary Committee and the Attorney General. And we talked about the good bills from uh, Julie Rocky Adams and uh, Derek Lewis. Now it's time to talk about a few bills of concern um, that were filed this week. And the first one is House Bill 31, which is sponsored by Charles Booker, a Democrat of Jefferson County. Um, House Bill 31 uh, would repeal Senate Bill 150 from the 2019 session. And for those of you listeners who remember Senate Bill 150, it basically uh, removed the old CCDW or the Carry Concealed Deadly Weapons requirements and allowed everyone to carry concealed without having to go to training and without having to go through that training program. So at this point, you can carry concealed in Kentucky uh, without that. Uh, What House Bill 31 would do is it would repeal Senate Bill 150 from last year and take us back to 2018 where you had to go through a uh, uh, Kentucky State Police mandated training program, do your paperwork with the state police, pay your money, and get your little uh, carry concealed deadly weapon card. Um, That's House Bill 31, and again, uh, that's sponsored by Charles Booker, Democrat, uh, Jefferson County. Um, Moving on, um, another bill of concern is Senate Bill 32, uh, sponsored by Gerald Neal, Senator um, out of Jefferson County, uh, Democrat, and it creates a uh, entirely new chapter uh, of law um, regarding firearm storage, and um, it makes uh, firearm storage um, or improper firearm storage punishable uh, as a criminal offense, and the change reads as follows. A person is guilty of unlawful storage of a firearm when he or she recklessly stores or leaves a firearm in a manner which allows a minor to have unsupervised access to a firearm that is not secured by, one, a lock container, two, a device or mechanism other than the firearm safety designed to render the firearm temporarily inoperable, three, carrying the firearm on his or her body, and Finally, the minor with or without permission of the firearm owner would have access to the firearm. So basically, this bill requires folks to store a firearm in such a way as it's rendered inoperable, it's locked, or it's stored in a locked container. If not, and a minor got a hold of it, 
It's a Class B misdemeanor. If not, and a minor got a hold of it and someone was injured, it's a Class A misdemeanor. Moving on uh, to the final bill of concern, uh, it's House Bill 76, which is sponsored by uh, freshman Representative Nima Kulkarni, which is a, she's a Democrat from Jefferson County. And her bill makes possession of a firearm by someone who the court has placed under a domestic violence protective order or under an intrapersonal protective order illegal. And it would require law enforcement officials to be responsible to keep the surrendered firearms of those persons for the duration of the protective order. So basically anyone who's under an intrapersonal protective order um, which is not a family member. Uh, it could be someone you know, someone you're dating, someone who was accused of stalking you, or someone who is under a domestic violence protective order, which is a family member. Um, for the duration of that protective order, they would have to surrender their firearms to law enforcement officials. And without going into the details of this bill, it, it's pertinent here to really talk about the lack of foresight of some of these legislators. And I don't mean to, to talk down uh, representative Kulkarni's idea here, but to look at the numbers and the impacts, let's talk about that real quick. In 2019, there were 27,190 such protective orders issued. If only 10,000 in Kentucky, that's in Kentucky, okay. in Kentucky alone, the family court and the district court system issued 27,190 such protective orders. Just to make numbers easy and round for our listeners, if only 10,000 of the 20,000-odd folks who are under one of those protective orders were gun owners, and let's say out of that 10,000 they owned an average of five firearms per gun owner, our law enforcement agencies statewide now have to account for 50,000 surrendered firearms. And they have to account for them in the same manner they account for evidence in a criminal investigation. And so this becomes such a burden on our already overworked and overtaxed law enforcement officials, but specifically our county sheriffs. And to that end, the County Sheriff's Association of Kentucky, the KSA, County Sheriff's Association of Kentucky, went on record saying they are concerned with the requirements of this bill that it will create a significant fiscal impact to local sheriff's office as well as other local law enforcement offices. The Kentucky Association of Police Chiefs are also concerned with the storage and went on record saying that evidence rooms are already under tremendous strain to the, due to the slow pace that evidence is disposed. I say again, evidence rooms are already under tremendous strain due to the slow pace that evidence is disposed. And this act will dramatically add to the numbers of firearms that are being stored and worsen the space issue and turn in, and it will have an adverse impact on law enforcement agencies. And here's the kicker without additional funding. So while it would make sense to remove all firearms for someone who's under a protective order to make sure that they can't use those firearms against someone who's worried that they might be harmed, the method and the, and the idea here puts such a tremendous burden on law enforcement agencies without any money, in addition to the fact that there's no one addressing the rights, the constitutional rights of those 
someone who's under an emergency protective order is not necessarily a criminal. So those are the three bills of concern. Um, and that's a theme across all of these firearm bills is they're law enforcement agencies statewide representative represented, excuse me, in in this particular bill by testimony from the Kentucky Sheriff's Association and the Kentucky Association of Police Chiefs are all worried about the requirements, the additional work and the lack of resources, i.e. funding to be able to, to do the work that would be required by such a law. OK, and it, it, it would additionally they'd have to go get those guns from the individuals. So it's I mean, it's multi. Faceted yes. problem. Yeah. And what you talk about right there, Jim, is is some of these bills are anywhere from, you know, 7 to 24 pages long. And there's no way we're going to read the details of every single bill to the listeners tonight. At the end, we'll give them a link or a website where they can go and read every single detail for themselves. But you're right. There's a part of that bill that talks about it's the requirement of those who have a protective order placed upon them to surrender those firearms. But if they don't, they're now now they're going to be in a position where they're committing a crime of having not surrendered them. And now our law enforcement officials have to go to their domicile and recover those firearms. Are they going to kick in a door and take them? I, I don't know. I don't want to put our law enforcement officials and our overworked sheriff deputies and, and county policemen and city policemen and state policemen um, in that position. They already make sure of our safety on a daily basis. The thin blue line of policemen take care of us here at home in the United States the way we did as veterans when we were deployed overseas. And I'm very proud of them, and I love them to death. And, I, and this just seems onerous or, or, or a little too much. Well, and this is what they themselves have said. So <laughs> take notice there, folks. All right, we got to go to a break here. Coming back from break, Colonel Abel is going to trot out some of the gun legislation that is crazy. I mean, it's just crazy from my perspective, and and uh, I'll speak to that coming back from break. Before we go to break, though, I have a quote from Thomas Jefferson, who, of course, was the third president of the United States. Those who hammer their guns into plowshares will plow for those who do not. All right, folks, got to go to break. It is presented by SMI Marine. They're going to be out at the boat and RV show at the fairgrounds January 22nd through the 26th. Lots of new pontoons, StarCraft Center Colt boats, StarCraft deck boats, low inventory coming soon. And remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, we're talking about gun control measures. And I'm giving some quotes from our forefathers who I find so much more intelligent and far-thinking than folks that are trying to disarm us. So I 
I'm going to quote here from the co-author of the Second Amendment, George Mason. I asked, sir, what is the militia? It is the whole people. To disarm the people is the best and most effectual way to enslave them. Pretty well cuts to the bone, Colonel Mike. It does. Let's talk about these really bad pieces of legislation. We certainly can, Jim. Um, you know, it's it's been my pleasure to be the Legislative Affairs Committee Chair for Kentucky and Safari Club. And, and, you know, in that regard, I do a lot of research on just about every bill. Um, and uh, there were 233 bill requests. Um, they didn't all turn into bills, but two of them uh, turned into bills that potentially violate our constitutional rights. And um, folks may remember uh, you and Gary Roman um, discussing um, the bill request of Representative Jeffrey Donahue, Democrat from Jefferson County. And uh, you'd be happy to know that I think maybe that you guys' discussion on the air um, caused him to pull bill request 354. Um, and uh, the challenge with that was he turned right back around. And filed a new one. And it's worse than the first. And it's worse than the first. Yep. And uh, he filed House Bill 192. And um, it would create four new chapters of law and amend three current chapters of law. It uh, defines assault weapons um, in very excruciating detail. Uh, An assault weapon would be a semi-automatic rifle that has the capacity to accept a detachable magazine and has at least two of the following characteristics, a folding or telescoping stock, a pistol grip that protrudes conspicuously beneath the action of the weapon, a protruding grip that can be held by the non-trigger hand, a thumbhole stock, a suppressor, flash suppressor, muzzle brake, muzzle compensator, or threaded barrel designed to accommodate a flash suppressor, muzzle brake, or muzzle compensator, or a grenade launcher. An assault weapon would also be a semi-automatic shotgun that has at least two of the following characteristics. A folding or telescoping stock, a protruding grip that can be held by the non-trigger hand, a fixed magazine capacity in excess of 10 rounds, or an ability to accept a detachable magazine. A semi-automatic pistol would also be defined as an assault weapon if it has the capacity to accept a detachable magazine and has at least two of the following characteristics. A folding or telescoping stock, a protruding grip that can be held by the non-trigger hand, the capacity to accept a detachable magazine at any location outside the pistol grip, a threaded barrel capable of accepting a barrel extender, flash suppressor, forward hand grip, or suppressor, a shroud that is attached to or partially or completely encircles the barrel, and that permits the shooter to hold the firearm with the non-trigger hand without being burdened or a manufactured weight of a pistol in excess of 50 ounces. A semi-automatic version of any of those could also be turned into an assault weapon if the owner had a conversion kit that, in part or combination of parts, turned a non-assault weapon into an assault weapon. Well, obviously... There's all kind of sporting arms that that this would 
impact. Yeah. And, and we need to discuss those definitely. Basically, they'll give a couple of quick examples. Well, I'll give you a quick example on telescoping stock. A you know, family that likes to hunt turkeys may only have the money to own one turkey shotgun. Mossberg makes a number of pump, very affordable, very reliable turkey guns that have a telescoping stock. Well, what does that telescoping stock do? It allows a father to hunt where the gun fits him, and he can use the same gun for his teenage son or daughter because the stock moves closer to the pistol grip and allows a smaller person to hunt turkeys with it. So an entire family can hunt with the same shotgun. And we'll talk about so-called assault weapons coming back from break. All right, folks, we got to go to break here. Benjamin Franklin, they that give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Pretty appropriate in my estimation. All right, folks, this break is presented by Paul Thomas and Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. Check them out at mopharrealty.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.